Do you want to be rich? We all want to be rich. With our patent pending formula, we'll show you how to get rich in just 42 days. Guaranteed. For just 20 easy payments of $29.99, we'll take you from this sappy life to a life overflowing with milk and honey. That's right, biblical riches. But wait, there's more. You get in today and today only, you'll get our bonus DVD that will teach you how to leverage your credit score to sail around the world on yachts like this. Just kidding, it's not starting next Sunday. It's starting right now. Good morning. morning. My name is Erica. Welcome to everyone here and those of you watching online. Um, I used to be a full-time pastor here, and boy, it feels good to be back. I know Sam mentioned it earlier, but Easter, I don't know if you were able to celebrate Easter with us. It was amazing. Um, I hope all of you were able to enjoy time with your family um, and really just celebrate the gift that Jesus is. Um, So today, we are starting a new series, How to Live Rich. Danny, by the way, I mean, really, does it get any better than that? That's like a perfect testament to his personality, that video. It's it's great. Um, So if I were to ask you this question, how do I live rich? I bet you you would have a few different answers for me. Because being rich means different things to different people. And I would guess for most of us in this room, it's not really about money at all. So as you think about living a rich life, I have a question for you. When was the last time you rested? When was the last time you slowed down? Think about that for a minute. If some of you can't think of a time, or maybe you're remembering like last summer on vacation, the time you got to sit for an hour on the beach, I want you all to just take a deep breath with me right now. There you go. I know for many of you, just getting here this morning could have been a bit of a challenge. Maybe your week has been just one of those weeks. And maybe your life right now has just been a little bit crazy. I want you to take a look at this. Now, how many of you got a little anxious watching the first part of that video? (laughs) And how many of you can relate to the first part of that video? With your life and your schedule and your calendars. You're in the right place today. If you couldn't relate to the beginning of this video, you're still in the right place because I know that God is going to use me to teach you some valuable lessons as well about slowing down. But if you're retired and or you're at the age or just the phase in your life where you've become wise about all of this stuff, way to go. Way to go. Teach people around you how you do it. Now, today quite clearly, we're talking about how to live rich by slowing down. So I meet with a lot of people, and you know the one thing that most people 
say that is like the biggest problem in their life? Their schedule. They're just so busy. They lose themselves and they lose who they are and they don't want to live this way. In fact, just last week I was talking to this girl and, and she was telling me this and she's like, let me just show you. So she gets out this notebook and she has her kids' summer baseball schedule and like the other things that they're involved in. And she's like, it was two pages long. She's, she's like, this just gives me anxiety just looking at this schedule. So... This isn't uncommon. This is sort of the way we have become, especially if you're parents with kids. Now, this message is not meant to make you feel guilty at all. This message is hopefully meant to make you ask yourself some questions so you can get wise about how you're spending your time and what that looks like. So even if you do have a fairly packed schedule and you have kids involved in lots of sports, I believe it is very possible for you to live rich if you just slow down. To do what this song tells us to do, like I had you do in the beginning, sometimes it's just about taking a deep breath and being in the space. And this is a practice, and I believe it's a lifestyle that takes practice to learn. So if you know me at all, you know that I really like asking hard questions. So I want to imagine, I want you to imagine with me today that you, you and I are sitting across from each other at a table. Hence, I got the table here. I should probably sit so we can actually pretend. And we are enjoying a cup of coffee together, okay? And you just got done telling me how your endless running around is influencing your life. You're not the best dad or mom you could be or even grandparent because you're so busy running around. And me, being the honest and gentle and upfront person that I am, will say to you, what's your problem? You need help. And you need to get it together. But I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you how to do this. You know why? Because I was once you. And I lived the rat race, and I learned mostly the hard way that life simply was not meant to be lived this way, that God had other things in mind for our life and in our time. God did not design us to be running from this thing to the next thing. He simply just did not. And if you do run from this thing to the next thing, you know that you weren't designed that way because you can feel it. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, Therefore, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, making the most of your time, because our days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He, he, he's saying essentially here, because your days are numbered, you should be wise about how you're spending your time. So would you agree with me that you only have a certain amount of time to live? Everyone says yes, right? We all know that our days are numbered. So if that's true, are we living that way? Are you living that way? Last week around the dinner table, I was talking to my kids and we were talking about how it was Holy Week and I said to them, like, imagine what it would be like to be Jesus today, knowing you have 24 hours to live or knowing that your time is short. What would you do different? And 
unfortunately for so many of us, it takes that. It takes the diagnosis or it takes something happening for us to wake up and say, oh my gosh, what is going on? How am I living? I don't want to look back and have regrets, and I know you don't either. So my seven-year-old Edison, what he said to me, he said, I just want to go be my, my brother. So since I know you can all keep this secret, I'm just going to go off on a little side note right here real quick. Um, my son Landon, who's 18, moved away in August to California. He was my, him and my little guy, Edison, are like the best of friends. So Edison told me that last week, and his birthday's this week, so I'm flying Landon home tomorrow to surprise him for his birthday. Anyway, that's just a little fun side note that I just had to share with you because it's so exciting. So back to the topic at hand. So we can all agree that our time is limited, right? And I would guess that you can all agree that every single minute of your day is spent doing something. Think about that for just a second. You're either eating or sleeping or working. Maybe you're resting. I don't know, hopefully. <clears throat> Driving, cleaning, hobbies, spending time with people you love, spending time with people you don't really like that much, maybe. But every single minute of every single day, you're doing something, and you can't save your time for later. You can't save it up in the end. Every day, it is used up. And somebody is determining how you're using your time. Hopefully, it's you. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your spouse or your hobbies. Maybe it's your phone. I think for, I, I, I'm guilty of that, too. Now, I just want to talk really quick. I know not all of you are parents of young kids, but as I was writing this message, I felt God saying it was really important to just speak to parents with young kids for a moment. So if you're retired, just take a little nap right now, okay? You don't need to hear this. But maybe you could pass this message along to your own kids. As parents, I think we're actually to the point where we really can't do much about the scheduling of our kids' sports or dance or activities or voice lessons or blah, 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 the hundreds of things you have your kids doing. And is it possible to be a sports family, a family where your kids are involved in a whole lot of stuff and still live rich by slowing down? I believe it's true. I believe that every family looks a little different. But here are a couple tips I want to give you. What worked for me, having four kids, I only allowed each kid to be in one thing at a time. That's it. Now, I know some of you are like, well, I could never do that. They like, you know, fall ball and spring ball and this ball and that ball. And that's okay. Again, I'm not here to make you feel guilty or ask you to change your schedule, but that is one thing you can do. The other thing that I did that I, that I thought really worked is my son, Landon, was in wrestling, so most of his wrestling stuff was on a Sunday. So we made it really a thing in our family to do a little devotion on the way in the car. And it wasn't like, you know, this big deal where we sat and read the Bible for 10 minutes. And it, like, We just talked about, okay, what does it look like for you to represent God today? On the field or on the mat or in the court or whatever that looks like. And how can you do that? Just like a little simple reminder. And it was a reminder for the kids, but then it was also a reminder for me. How can I, as I sit there for like eight hours doing absolutely nothing, how, okay, God, how can I be your hands and feet today? Show me. Bring me the right people that need to feel your love today. It's some simple things just like that. So the other thing I want to tell you, 
when considering adding another thing to your schedule or allowing your kids to participate in another thing, I want you to start asking this question. Is this the wise thing to do? Not, should we do it because everyone else is? Or not, is he going to be left out? Not, if I don't put him on the traveling team, does that mean he's like not going to play very much or he's going to get made fun of? We don't actually say those things out loud, but we know it in our minds, don't we? As parents, we know it. And how about this? Will another activity for my kids be what is best for my marriage? Is it wise to say that we're going to be there? Is it wise to sign her up for that? Is it wise? Not is it right or is it wrong, but is this a wise choice for our family and our children and our marriage? So, there's this app that I've been using for years and years called the Parent Q. And it's funny, when you first start using it, it, it has you enter in your child's birth date. And it's an app that gives you like little activities you can do to basically instill faith in your children. But when you do this, it gives you how much time you have left with your kid until they're 18. <laughs> so I'm only showing you the weeks, but it does give you days, months, and years. And when you actually see this on the screen, like my daughter Lola is going to be 14 in a couple weeks. And like I said, Edison's going to be eight this week. So I only have like 500 more weeks with him. That's a wake-up call. And like I said before, if the doctor tells us that we only have a month to live, I would guess that every single person in here would live a little bit different. And I would guess that you would begin to slow down a bit, that you would begin to rest more, and that you would find yourself being present with the people that God has put you in life with. And I would guess that you would find joy in the presence of God in a new and different way. Job 14.5 says, You've decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we, are li we will live, and we are not given a minute longer. Whether you are a parent or a grandparent or a teenager or even a student, I want you to think about your future. Think about what your life looks like now, and then think about what you would really like your life to look like a year from now. If you're sitting here in a place where your schedule feels like the beginning of that video, a year from now or even a week from now, it could begin to feel like the second half of that video. More peaceful, more content, and more calm. Now, as a Christian, we would like to believe that all of us try to do our best to live according to what God calls us to do, right? So we also believe that God's in control of our time, and we also have Jesus to look at as an example. So how then, if you're given one month to live, how then are you going to spend more of your time? Now, would you agree with me that you probably think, well, I'm for sure going to pray more because I'm going to pray for some more time? <laughs> probably, right? Uh, I would. We all, I think we all would. We're like, I need more time. I haven't had enough time with my people and all these things. We, we ask God, and, and what I want all of us to do together today, or what I'm going to encourage you to do with me, is to ask God to take over your schedules to take over the time, the way you think about your time, the way you plan your time, that we would want to give it to him and ask him to help us with it. Many times each morning I wake up and before I even get out of bed, I just start talking. I start the conversation. 
And a lot of times I say to myself, okay, God, help me to live today like it's my last day. And when I do that, something always changes a bit inside of my mind. So it begins with this perspective change a little bit, this idea of we all know it's true, but actually living like it's true, that this could be our last day. None of us really know, right? Then, number one, and this is what God is very adamant about in the Bible. Here's a question for you. When is the last time you actually rested, that you felt refreshed? If you can't remember, this could be why you came here today. God rested. God knew we needed rest too. In Genesis 2-2, on the seventh day, God finished all of the work and he rested. Now, do you really think God needed to rest? Probably not. He's God. He didn't need to rest because he was tired, more than likely, but he rested as an example for us so that we could see how important that it is he wanted to model something for us that is essential to our well-being, essential to living a rich life, is getting rest. God knew this was so important. He made it a commandment, for goodness sakes. Take a Sabbath day. Now, Sabbath, what it means is it means a day of rest. That's what it means. It's a commandment that's given to us, but it's actually like a gift. Like here, I'm telling you to do this, but this is actually a gift for your life. Exodus chapter 20 tells us, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days a week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is rest and dedicated to the Lord. And you might be thinking, well, that was back then. Like, life has changed so much now. blah da I guarantee you the people that back then probably worked a little harder than we do. Let's just be honest. You imagine? No electricity, like, no modern conveniences. I would guess that they needed rest as much or if not more than you and me. Need more proof that this isn't relevant to your life? Listen to this. Exodus 31, 16 through 17 says, the people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. This is a covenant and an obligation for all time. There you go. Still true for us today. You need to be refreshed so much. You need to rest so much that God commands it. Now listen to what God says will happen when you do. Isaiah 56, 2 said, Blessed are those who are careful to do this. Blessed are those who honor my Sabbath days of rest by refusing to work. It says here, if you rest and if you take a Sabbath, you will be blessed. Taking a day of rest, this isn't for God. He doesn't ask us to do it for him. He, he commands us to do it for us. There's proof of that as well in the Bible. Mark 2, 27 says the Sabbath wasn't made to benefit people and not people to benefit the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made to benefit people. It was made for you and for me. So number one, your first thing to do to live rich by slowing down is to take a day every week and rest. Consider it your Sabbath. Second step. I'm just going to touch on this a little bit. When we talk about if you're given a month to live, this helps you in being present in each moment. When you're playing with your kids or your grandkids, be there. 
in that moment. Put your phones away at dinner. Be present with your friends, with your spouses, and your relationships. I'm going to give you a little exercise to do this week, and I think it's really fun. I, I hope, anyway. So, uh, right now, I want you to think of two things that you do every day that you kind of like. Got them? Okay. Two things you do every day that you kind of like. Now, for this week, when you do these two things, I want you to be present in them. Here's an example. For me, my two things are drinking my first cup of coffee in the morning. I put a little coconut oil in there, some cream in there. I'm usually sitting at my desk starting work or I'll do a devotion or whatever. But I enjoy it so much. But how many days do I go by and I don't even really think about how much I enjoy it? Or I don't really like take advantage of the gift that a warm cup of coffee gives my day. So I want you to think about that for yourself. My second thing is taking a shower. When was the last time you actually was present in the shower? Something we all do, I hope anyway. Well, we do it probably on a daily basis or every few days or whatever, but when was the last time you actually paid attention? Like, God, thank you for this hot water that feels so good. And, you know, washing your hair and just taking the extra time to take care of yourself and enjoy the experience of something that you do that is as simple as taking a shower. So this is a very easy activity, I think, to do that will help you be more present in everyday life. So, number three, to live rich by slowing down is to rest in the presence of God. This might be a little harsh to hear, but I think it's true. If you're not enjoying time with God right now, what makes you think you're going to enjoy it when you get to heaven? It's kind of interesting to think about, isn't it? Again, this message is not meant to make anyone feel guilty, but we got to find our way. You have to find your way to be with God. My way might be different from your way, and your way different from your way. Everyone has a way, and I promise you when you search for it, God is going to show up, and he is going to find your way, help you find your way. Maybe it's taking a walk in nature. Maybe it's listening to music or doing a devotional. Maybe it's just sitting and being still, reading your Bible. Again, your way doesn't have to look like everyone else's. Tip number one for you, just start having conversations with God like he's sitting right next to you on the couch or laying right next to you in bed or sitting right on your desk in your office as you work. Start the conversation. You can even talk about the weather if you want. Whatever works for you, just start the conversation. Matthew 6.33 says, But first, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Seek him first, and your life will be different. I guarantee you that. My favorite Bible verse is Psalm 46.10, Be still and know. You can find your way. Start small if you need help. Me or any of the other staff here is happy to help you with that. Jesus says to us in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, 
and I will give you rest. There's your proof. So when was the last time you just spent time with God? You just sat in his presence and just enjoyed him. Again, this isn't meant to make you feel guilty, but talking to your parent, these parents in here, I would guess that many of us or many of you are creating a beautiful sports story, a beautiful busy life activity story for your kids and your family. There's nothing wrong with that. But what kind of faith story are you teaching them? And what kind of faith story is your family showing the world? Do you want them to prioritize God? You need to be the one to teach them how to do that. I read a quote this week by Bob Goff, and I thought it was so interesting and fitting, and it says this, if we commit to becoming the kinds of people God created us to be, our lives will tell better stories than our words ever will. Your life and my life should be telling better stories than anything that can come out of our mouth. And there's people watching And God puts you where you are for a reason. So remember that. That's an honor. It's an obligation as well. But it is an honor. So let's do a quick review. To live rich, you got to slow down. To live rich, you got to have rest. Take a Sabbath day. To live rich, be present. Be present in the big things and be present in the small things. And to be rich, finally, spend time resting in God's presence. I want to close today by doing a little practice rest for you. I love spending time with God. I love finding new and creative ways to do so. And so what I would like to do before I leave the stage today is allow you to just spend some time in the presence of God. So right now, would you get comfortable in your seats And I want you to just close your eyes and take a deep breath for me. Now, if you're a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or anyone who's had a child in your life, I want you to imagine with me for a second that this child is crawling onto your lap right now. They're crawling onto your lap because maybe they're hurt or they're scared or they're lonely or they just need to be in your presence. You know that feeling, don't you? And you take that child into your arms and they rest their head on your shoulder and you squeeze them and you become everything they need you to be in that moment. Now, this This is what your father wants from you. We're going to take just a minute, and I want you to imagine yourself crawling into your father's lap, the place where your fears can be calmed, your troubles can seem less, where you can get peace in the calm that you're so desperately searching for in your life. Climb into your father's lap now, rest your head on his shoulder, and just be.
Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not grow faint. This is the power that sitting with God gives us. The power to go through our days, even if they're chaotic and busy. But he gives us a peace that passes all understanding. Would you pray with me? God, as, as we go about our lives and we leave this place today, I pray that for each one of us, you give us eyes to see you in a new way. Give us eyes to know and to understand the importance of rest. Not only a Sabbath day, but resting with you. Help us to find it. Help us to discover it, Lord. And it's exciting. Thank you for always being there for us. Forgive us for when we haven't noticed. Forgive us when we have prioritized other things instead of you. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts and the blessings that you have so graciously given us. And we ask this in your son's name.